When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. PHNX Cardinals podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app and an official sports betting partner of the NFL. They are kicking off another week of action by giving all new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $1 on any football game this week and receive $150 in free bets instantly if you use the code PHNX when you sign up. The gang is back together. Frank, Hallelujah. happy to have you back. You weren't with us Friday and Sunday. Frank, what were you doing? Um, I was supporting a, a charity golf event over in Anniston, Alabama. And it just happened to be on the weekend when Auburn's playing Georgia State. Alabama's playing some team I don't even care about because Alabama I don't care about. But I was just supporting a charity for Sonny King Ford. And um, at the end of the day, they raised over $130,000 for for the, for the kids and the youth programs that are there in Anniston, Alabama. So it was good. Played a lot of golf, had a lot of fun. It's great to be back in Alabama. It's weird though. And I say that slightly because I know how it is here, but everything there is either you're Auburn or you're Alabama. Mm. And you got to make a decision. And so instead of me showing up as, it got kind of weird a little bit because every time I said, hey, you know, they, you had to check, it felt like it was a professional event. Every time you check in, it's like, hey, my name is, what's your tea time? It's 740. Under uh, Sanders Frank, uh, Frank, you're Frank Sanders, Auburn's Frank Sanders. Like, yeah, that's, <laughs> I get that a lot of here too. Yeah, I know, JV. <laughs> it was kind of, it was weird and good and good and, but it's memories that people have since I'm not back east, I'm here. And uh, a lot of that, it's kind of cool because they either know you or they don't. And I got kind of, I, I got more hugs and more handshakes from Alabama fans. Probably got more Why? hugs than Urban Meyer got over the weekend. I'm pretty <laughs> – absolutely. Hey, I did. Did you say you from Alabama? Yeah, fans? Alabama fans. Yeah, it's um, out of respect, um, playing against Alabama and doing the things I did. Um, in 93, 94 seasons, it was uh, – I made a big catch in 93, 94. We came down to the wire in, you know, in Birmingham. And it was just uh, – it was – that was kind of cool because to know that you're – enemies know you kind of sort of and they respect you it was good so I, it was a good time and crazy thing about it was i missed y'all like i well, really i really we didn't miss you at all was, you <laughs> know what? So funny johnny i'm just kidding you know what had we had the cardinals lost on sunday we would have known why because frank wasn't here but. frank did you have the opportunity to catch some of the game since you're out on the court no i um i only caught scores because i remember what we talked about and, and how we had expressed 
Um, you guys were like, you tell me what Cardinals are eight point oh un, over. They eight points to the plus. Eight point favorite, yeah. Eight point favor. Um, <laughs> you didn't think that it was going to lose. Got, we got some. I, would, I had bets, trepidation. Stuff that's going to help you out. I was concerned. I had a lot of fear and anguish, and it lived up to how we literally bantered and agreed in some areas of how the game was going to be. And uh, I was kind of, you know, it was, it was nervous not seeing the game, and I was concerned because Auburn was losing. Auburn had almost lost. Uh, until the fourth quarter, and then the same thing with Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. They had, it almost seemed like they was losing the game until the fourth quarter, and then the team actually showed up. So it was uh, it was nervous. I was nervous a little bit, but at the end of the day, the Cardinals came out with a win, so that was good for good for Phoenix. I wanted so badly to be able to have you here with us so that I could ask you about what you thought of Cliff on Sunday, because I know the previous Sunday you were all ready to get his name tattooed. I was. <laughs> yeah, I told him postpone that that uh, that that operation right now. <laughs> Definitely postpone that for right now. And then also, you know, I know JV was probably more moving towards since he was his he was his uh, his sitter for a little while as he was growing up. <laughs> Uh, if you didn't hear that, you probably want to go back a couple of days and check that out. But uh, I don't have any voicemails from Urban though. Not yet, not yet. But uh, it was um, it played out like I thought it would play out. Um, really and honestly, Jacksonville is becoming to be a very good team. It looks like that on table. I went back and watched film from two weeks ago, and I thought that the game that he called wasn't a perfect game. I actually thought that he called a game like he was getting ready for the Rams. It looked like we were slow to get off. Something that teams do primarily when we're scheming, um, Jacksonville, as pointed out by you, they didn't have, they didn't hold a candle to the Cardinals athletically. Yeah, and um, there were some things that do come into play when you're traveling back east. The humidity, the the three hour difference, or the time zone difference, those things, those things do come out and play. And then you see guys be a little more lethargic or sluggish. They don't look as explosive. It takes them a little while to adjust. The humidity probably played a factor. Um, but the play calling, it really looked like they had um, several offensive sets that we had not seen before. We we hadn't we did not see Chase. You expressed that you said you thought there's going to be more of a, a ground and pound game to control the clock. You know, we saw we saw Connor get in the backfield and get more touches. Chase Edmond did not touch the ball much at all, mm-hmm. and um, it really looked like a, a some of the plays that we ran was getting ready for the Rams. Some yep. sets I saw looked like we was getting ready for Rams. And defensively, we didn't even blitz. We did we did not blitz the kid at all, much at all. And that would be something you would probably see them do more this week, um, getting ready for the Rams. So sometimes we do that in in games, and we feel when we have the upper hand, we can kind of take we could it's not take a week off, but you can work on some things getting ready for the next week. And it's either one or two things. You're trying to deceive your next week opponent or you're really working on stuff for your next week opponent. But that's not coach cuz cuz you mentioned the other day that it would that a lot of times it's not the players that play down to opponents <laughs> but coaches that coach down to opponents. Could you loop that into where uh and so and we were talking about it potentially being a trap game. So could you loop that all in to together where like maybe it's not like they're saying like oh this is going to be an easy win but maybe they're saying but our next opponent is going to be our toughest game of the year potentially for sure in the young season so we're going to try some things out it might bite us in the butt (laughs) but we think we can still handle it because we're kind of looking ahead that's when you're trusting your leadership in a lot of areas that you can say certain things to guys and know 
that Jacksonville is not as important as in regards to winning the division, mm-hmm. knowing that you have to win your division in order to really put yourself in a position. And this being one of the strongest divisions in the NFL, you have to put yourself in a good position to even put yourself in the playoff. You can be nine and seven and not get into the playoffs. Or right now, it'd be nine, ten, and eight, yeah. nine and eight right now, not get into the playoffs. So that could be a setback if you don't win your division. So the things that they worked on and just watching the schemes, watching the play calls, watching what was done, it seemed like we were out of sorts. We didn't look like the we didn't like the same team, and not what we had seen the past couple of weeks, um, defensively or offensively. And I had to give them that pass only because, as a former player, knowing sometimes you don't always play to your opponent. You get ready for the next opponent, and it it might not look as pretty, but if you can walk away with the win, at the end of the day, that's really all that matters. And you can suck that up. I mean, it's not pretty fantasy points. It's probably not going to cover all your bets and your spreads. You're probably going to lose some of your parlays. Um, but in truth, that did happen. And that's just and that's so a trap week probably is more of a trap week for the fans mm-hmm. and the fantasy points more so than it is for the players because the W is all that matters at the end of the day. It really is. I mean, in Vegas, algorithms are just absolutely perfect. And so, JV, you know that stuff better than I know. Well, I just, it, it was a predictable game. I think we, the, the three of us, felt like that's the kind of game we were going to get, that it was not going to be Minnesota or Tennessee where they were going to light up the scoreboard, the big plays. Um, and I thought, you know, for the most part, even through the third quarter, they were in control. Uh, they have just superior talent than, than Jacksonville does. And, I'm with you, especially on the run game. I think that because the Rams are susceptible to the run, the Cardinals, Kyler Murray got banged up in the second half against Minnesota. You want to slow down that tempo a little bit. The offensive line was a little bit banged up. Kelvin Beecham didn't play. Safest thing you can do is run the football. Um, And I I do think they'll focus on that to some extent on Sunday uh, against the LA Rams. But I just felt like, to your point, Frank, get get out there, get a win, make sure everybody's healthy, Mm -hmm. feel good about what you're doing, and get out of there because – as much as that's a team that's struggling, to, that's putting it mildly. They've won, or excuse me, they had lost 17 straight games uh, when the Cardinals were uh, entering that game. It's now 18 straight games that they've lost dating back to last year. It doesn't affect anything in terms of the tiebreakers at the end of the year outside of just wins and losses, whereas your NFC games, and specifically your NFC West games, that's where this is going to be decided if they get into the postseason or not. Fortunately, they, depending on what happens with some of their guys on, on the O-line, um, they might not have gotten out of that game healthy, but Maybe. we'll see. And hopefully we have some more answers tomorrow. Uh, Cliff will talk again. But today the Cardinals signed two DBs, uh, Antonio Hamilton off the practice squad and Quinton Dunbar, who has a very he had a, he had an interesting 2020 and Johnny, you can kind of give us a little more on his background. Interesting, forgettable, probably if you're him. Um, so dating back to 2019, when he was a member of the Washington football team was one of the premier corners in the NFL, uh, and subsequently got traded from Washington to Seattle last off season, not this past, but, but a year and a half ago, uh, for, I think a fifth round pick to Seattle. Everybody loved the pick. Quinton was phenomenal in 2019. His coverage grade via Pro Football Focus was was borderline elite. I think it was like eighty nine or ninety. And so it's Johnny stats right there. Johnny I did my Fats, prep baby. for the show for it's our viewers Johnny for stats America. Right there. Johnny stats. Um, but last <laughs> last spring, after he was traded for in Seattle, he was at I think like a family barbecue with um, DeAndre Baker, who's a, who was a DB for the New York Giants first round pick, and like a warrant was out for their arrest. I don't know. If some people got robbed. Um, and I think he ended up maybe turning himself in. 
was arrested, I think. And then everybody just kind of kept quiet. He got the charges dropped, so he, he was arrested. Um, and he was allowed well, to play. Probably because it was, you said it was a family function? Something. It's oh, It was weird. Gosh. It was sketchy. It yeah. was like a get-together, and then like a bunch of people lost, I think, their jewelry or something to some extent or lost a bunch of money. So long story short, they got it situated in Seattle like they normally do, right? That, that's that's their MO with Pete Carroll. So he played last year um, and was okay until his knee got banged up in November. The Seattle defense in general was bad last year, so I'm not putting Very that bad. on him. Very bad. It was really, it was really poor. Really um, and so he went on IR last November. Uh, I think he was subsequently released um, from Seattle or was a free agent. Uh, regardless, he signed with Detroit in the spring. They released him. He's been available for a little while, has had a couple tryouts. The Cardinals bring him in, and we got early reports today. Maybe it's like practice squad they're kicking around. He did a full-blown workout for the team. They signed him. He's on the active roster right now. Now, will he be active for Sunday's game? Who knows? But I think this is a really savvy move by Steve Kime and company. It's a name that I wouldn't have minded that they targeted in the spring, and they and they didn't. And now you think about the dynamics of the secondary. You have his experience to go along with Robert Alford. You've got the two young guys, Marco Wilson and Byron Murphy. Murphy, who's playing the best football of his career. You just think about the teams that they're going to face that are going to spread them out defensively, yes. the experience that you're going to want. I mean, right now, if you ask me, he's a better pro than what they had last year with Drake Kirkpatrick, and Kirkpatrick played a ton of meaningful snaps for this team. So I don't want to get the cart before the horse to some extent. What I will say is, I told you guys off air, I think that Malcolm Butler's days are now likely done for this franchise. I think this is a move that you have not necessarily week four, five, six in mind, but 16, 17 late in the season when you're pushing for a playoff spot, you get him acclimated advanced Joseph's defense. Um, and I do also like whether or not they meant to do this as, as a coup for them or not, San Francisco is struggling in their secondary as is Seattle. And you go out there and take a primary resource, especially knowing Quentin knows Seattle system, and you remove that from as an option for them. Mm -hmm. Richard Sherman's trying out for Tampa Bay. The Niners, if you saw what happened against Green Bay, they're struggling. And so the Cardinals are going to say, hey, our secondary is playing actually really well. And we've got some young players we're excited about. Why don't we double down and, and bring this guy in and, and load up? Because I think cornerback is a position you never have too many capable bodies. I find it interesting, and you you know, kind of alluded to it. I, I find it interesting that it even took them this long. If, if he was available. Yeah. Like maybe it was, maybe it was him, which I, I doubt that you would be that picky if you're not with a team. Maybe it was him saying like, I want to wait a little bit and weigh my options or could very well be, but we need DBs. And the next point, point taken extremely well, the next couple of weeks we're playing the Rams, the 49ers and the Browns. And let me see one, two, but, all three quarterbacks are, are paid over fifteen to twenty-five million dollars to be at that position. So they got to throw the rock. They got they've they've adopted a system of except Browns. Browns got a great run. They got probably the best. They got running, some quality they got the best, but, they, but they got the best running game. We'll see. Yeah. In the next couple of weeks, in regards to anybody we've seen since D. Um, Derrick Henry, so they have a good one-two punch that they can bring to the table, and physically just pound us. Or we'll be there. So that that's on that table, but. Right now in the NFL, you need defensive backs. And I think that's a good point to also say that you don't want them to go back to Seattle, yeah. knowing that that would be something we can have and bring in our arsenal if they bring them on the roster or not. I think it's a pretty smart move by Steve Cams. You'd rather have him on your team than have to play against him, knowing that he's you could have gotten him when, when the market was open. I also think that at some point, maybe not, but probably Marco Wilson's going to hit a rookie wall. 
uh, last week, both Marco and Byron Murphy were, were nicked up. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're like, let's be proactive. We got a little bit of money to kick around. I have no idea what they're paying him. I would imagine it's maybe a little bit above asking price because you're having to compete with other teams that are interested in signing him. But this is a, a real legitimate in-season signing that we typically don't see. This is a this could be a kind time signing-esque in the same way of a Jonathan Abraham and a Dwight Freeney. It just happened during the season. He's a he's a real player, for those of you who don't know. Now, he had a bad year last year. He hasn't been signed. He got cut by Detroit. But Detroit just cut Jamie Collins today. He's a good player. So they're doing a culture thing. He probably doesn't fit for what they want to do this year. I would agree with you, Cheerson. I think he probably looked at this team, 3-0. and I have an opportunity to go in and compete in the secondary. Maybe I can parlay this into a nice, no, no pun intended, sports betting, <laughs> into a nice contract next offseason. Uh, this is probably my favorite addition so far this late in the season. Interesting. If you're a cornerback and you got you got the, the the dogs we got on the outside between JJ and CJ, and they can turn it on, they can they will they would allow you to be a better cornerback in the NFL because they're going to make your timing that much better. Yep. You don't have to worry about covering four and five seconds because the quarterback got time to sit back there and pat the ball. You know he has to get the ball out. You can do the things you need to do as a DB and stay in rhythm. If you don't have that. And if I'm a DB, I want to come here. That's like if I had a quarterback that I know can throw the ball, I want to go there. If I'm sitting in free agency and I'm Larry, I'm thinking about what quarterback can get me the ball where I know I don't have to be working as hard as I, as as if I had a rookie quarterback. Those are that's just a night and day difference. You'd hate that scene. Speaking of DBs, Byron Murphy had the best game of his young NFL career on Sunday with his two picks, including a pick six. And we talked so much about the Saguaro High School alums, Christian Kirk, who had over 100 yards receiving and and had a fantastic game, and Byron Murphy having that game. Um, And so Christian Kirk spoke with reporters today, and um, he was asked about just their dynamic and being able to celebrate having success together with the Cardinals. Here's what he had to say. Oh, it's, uh, it's something that I, you know, I never take for granted. And, you know, I'm just, I'm so happy and so proud of, you know, Byron and seeing how uh, far he's come. You know, I remember the first day that he showed up at Saguaro and, you know, he's about 150 pounds soaking wet. And, and Coach Jason uh, Mons brought him, you know, to the weight room, brought him over to my rack that I was working out. And he said, this is your guy. This is your project for the next year. Wherever you go, whatever you do, he does. You know, you, you make sure you don't, you don't uh, take an eye off of him. And, uh, that was my little brother from the you know the day on, and uh, just made sure that I did everything that I could to to help him along the way. And he's done that, uh, if not more, you know, on his own, and um, going to to UW and and having a great career there, and then obviously starting off to a great career with uh, the Cardinals here. So just uh, just really happy for him, and you know, excited to watch his development. Frank, did you ever have somebody like where a coach was like, okay, like you've got Frank? Help him out. Did you ever have like a buddy like that? You got Frank. Yeah, every young kid that came through. I, um, once you are a veteran and established that you can, you know, take ownership of 17 weeks in the NFL, was 16 at the time. Um, David Boston needed help. Marte Jenkins, the receivers that came in that were young guys that they had a bunch of talent. It was very fast. They just needed a little bit of wisdom on – not talent-wise, but just knowledge to be able to say, I see what you see now, and I understand why you see it. And then we came up with creative mechanisms or signs that would allow guys who, when you came to the line of scrimmage and you look at him and you say, he don't know what the hell we about to run. (laughs) Or I touch my hat and I give him a sign or I touch my pants and he'll, okay. 
so they didn't know what to run. So there was there was a there are moments like that when you if you if you are mature in who you are as a player, just like we talk about Hicks all the time, mm-hmm. being able to talk to Zane Collins and, and and coach him up and mentor him while he's coming through that process. At the end of the day, if you're going to be a teammate and winning is the biggest thing about team, then you have to share the information that you know. And I wasn't afraid of that. And sometimes you meet guys that just need a little bit so they can actually grow in the game. And once they grow, then you can see them develop and become pretty special. And that's a that's a good thing to have when you have that opportunity to talk defense. You got a defensive back talking to a receiver. You got, you know, those are on the opposite spectrums, but it helps how to be able to share the NFL. And it's not, this thing's not an easy, it's not an easy animal to kind of, you know, you got to work your way through females, finances, family, friends. All and all the all the F's that hit the put table. Put that on a T-shirt, man. <laughs> I mean, but you have to work your way through it, and it's it's not a. I mean, again, also, so nugget. This is week three. This is the third NFL check. So now you really you really really looking at monopoly money. This ain't Charlie Pell Grant sixteen hundred. <laughs> this ain't Charlie Pell. This is real bread. This is you know I got an apartment. Now I'm looking for a house. Houses are triple the value I hear. Ah. So what what apartment I'm looking at or what condo I'm looking at. So all those things become a play. Now the weather's changing. It's getting really good. Family's starting to show up. Friends are starting to want to fly here and hang out. You're 3-0. and We're getting more media that is here, what we didn't have before. That changes the conversation. Normally you talk to four or five people in the locker room. Now you got 10 to 25. You're undefeated Cardinals. You're, you're the conversation on Twitter. You're the conversation on ESPN. Everyone's picking you to be this person. It changes the narrative, and Cliff has to manage that in the locker room. The young guys got to manage it. B. Murphy got to manage. Hey, you got two picks. You already arrived. You're great. Nah, dog. This week you got the Rams. Now what? And they, this is the questions that we will have to answer down in the next in the next couple of weeks. Are we for real? Are we the three and O team? Are we going to be what we can get through the next couple of three weeks where we look like we're six and O or we're three and three mm-hmm. and that's something that's just a pill you can't swallow right now i agree i think i was asked earlier about the the temperature right now within with cardinals fans and i was like you can't argue with three and oh but it would probably be a little bit different if they didn't have the gauntlet of opponents that they're you know the next three specifically mm-hmm. yeah uh are upcoming because they're it, it's good yeah celebrate it but it's like oh crap like we're not even we haven't faced anything yet <laughs> reality about to set check right now and all of us fans friends coaches I, owners general managers betters i i think <laughs> yeah everybody about to get checked i i think part of the hesitation too with the fan base is how they finished last year started off six and three we've seen this before um and so i'm with you i think that listen they've they've never beaten sean mcveigh sean mcveigh was hired in january of 2017 that was almost five years ago and they've never beaten him and they they consistently lose by i think the average uh amount of their losses is like 20 points per game so he they get they get embarrassed so i'm sure that everybody's just yeah it's typically they've they've always scored over 30 points I mean, Bruce Arians couldn't beat him. Steve Wilkes couldn't beat him up until this point. I think Cliff's been the closest in a couple instances, but in the only game they didn't score over 30 points was in week 17 last year, and he didn't have Jared Goff. So I just I think that everybody is just kind of kind of grinning through their teeth a little bit like, yeah, great. Talk to me at the end of the year. What would you do against the NFC West? What would you do against you know Kyle Shanahan and Pete Carroll and, and Sean McVay? If, if you do it against them, you can really do it against anybody. 
So you're right. It's just these next couple of weeks are really going to show us how far they've come or not come. Are the Cardinals still six point underdogs? No, it's today? actually it's crazy. It's gone down four and a half now. Oh, really? I, yeah. So that would tell me that Vegas wants more people to bet on the Cardinals. So that all the money's going on the Rams right now, which, you know, take that for what you will. It also has the highest over under for this week, 54 and a half points. So Vegas thinks there's going to be a lot of points and it's going to be close. And I would tend to agree. I would think that this is the kind of game Kyler Murray's going to get up for. I think they're going to put points on the board. I don't think the Rams defense is, is as good as it was last year. You can run on them. I just think that Vegas is skeptical that the Cardinals and their DBs are going to be able to stop LA's passing game, which looks un- unbeatable right now. Okay. So if you were logging onto the DraftKings Sportsbook app yeah. right this moment, who would you take? I would take the Cardinals plus four and a half. I'm not saying I'd take them to win. I really can't pick them to win until I see it happen against McVay, but I do think they'll cover the spread at plus four and a half, and I would take the over as well. I mean, that's 54.5. Like, that's 26, Mm -hmm. 27 points uh, for each team, 27 and a half points. I I think both teams probably eclipse 30 points. I think it's going to be a shootout. I agree with that. I agree. And the Cardinals have already scored over 30 points in each of their three games. I don't see that. I don't see that necessarily slowing down. Um, as always, um, same game parlays, I do want to mention. You're always going to get the bigger payout when you do the same game parlays. And uh, when you place the same game game parlay um, on any NFL game, in-game parlay, uh, you're going to be credited up to $25 if your bet loses. So uh, still kind of playing with house money with yep, that one. And um with the DraftKings Sportsbook app, it is always 21 and over, Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And we still, here at PHNX, have a 20% off promotion on our Cardinals t-shirts going on until tomorrow. So there's our two Arizona Cardinals-themed tees. 20% off at phnxlocker.com. That is the deal of the week for our members, but you don't have to be a member to buy our merch. And we've got t-shirts from every local sport. I can't team, wear Inspired I can't, by every local sport. I cannot team. wait to wear my Hulk Hogan shirt in here. I mean, it's not a Hulk Hogan. It's a Cardinal shirt, but it's going to probably look like Hulk. I'm probably going to walk in here looking like Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I swear I got an extra large. I'm not sure to... I'm not sure what it's going to be. You've been in the gym, but Frank? No, bro, but I'm just not sure. I've probably been eating more Popeyes than anything. So so I'm just, I'm kind of in between on what this shirt's going to look like, but I'm going to wrap it either way because awesome. I love what we got going on over All here. All right, we're, we'll, awesome. we'll, we're looking forward to that. We'll have you model it for us, Frank. Look, and everybody after the Cardinals can... win, I'm like, I'll snatch it off and then go from there. I'll do something that Cliff would have done if he if, after he wins. Did you see Rams. what he was wearing at post post game press conference on Saturday? Sunday? Sharp, yeah, very sharp. You know what? That was weird though. But you did it in Jacksonville though. What? Like you wore that fly suit in Jacksonville? You been to Jacksonville? Whack city, or is it like? I mean, it's big. Community? I mean, it's a big. It's a big okay. metropolitan area. But it's like, how sh- long is he actually in Jacksonville? The only right, the only right. okay, but what he's doing it for is the cameras. Yeah, but like every other post game, he's never worn anything that fly. Like I don't think it's, that was his freshest outfit I've ever seen. See? That was I'm going up against Urban Meyer this week. Hello, hello. <laughs> See, hello, hello. I, I told you he's gonna make him kiss the ring. Hey man, bow. You the rookie here. And then what happened? 
I mean, I'm not mad at him, but He's I got definitely, the better quarterback and the better team right now. That's, that's what happened. That is a true statement right there. Very facts. <laughs> All right. So trying out a new segment, I I pulled sound bites from around the league. Yes. And I'm just going to have Shane, our producer. I don't even know what order they're in. So I'm just going to have him play the sound bite, and then we will give our immediate reaction. We're going to love do it. it. We're going to love it. <laughs> Saying that it, it starts and ends with me is something that uh, I take to heart, and I know that uh, you know f- for our guys that are in that locker room, and for um, our coaches that that's going to be the next challenge is moving forward and getting ready to play Detroit next week. So, um, you know, this is not how we wanted it to go. You almost can't even make it up; it's that bad. Uh, so, but we got to get to the film, and we got to make sure that we're hard on ourselves, and we understand the whys, um, and, and and really just go from there. There's so much coach speak in there, but the part where you can't even make it up, it's that bad. Ugh. I got my butt whipped so bad today <laughs> that they're ready to move on. Like literally on Monday, the film study would be like, a, we're moving on. Like that's how fast it happened. Like this film right here, you'd come in and say, look, guys, we're not going to watch the film. Oh. We're getting ready for Detroit. Because that right there is not a rep- representation of us. We can learn nothing from that. You can learn nothing from that. And I've been in a situation where coaches have walked in and said, we're not watching that film. Move on. Let's get ready for the next thing. Really? For sure. There's, you get, they got that. They got their butts whipped. Throw the tape out. Throw the tape out. Let's move on to the next week. We got more That's weeks to go. Throw the tape out. Throw the tape out. Yeah. Well, like when the Cardinals. But I didn't realize that that you yeah. actually did do that, where you yeah. just come in and say we're we're not watching that. The coach, the coach, the coach can walk in and be like, "Look, it's on me. It will not happen this week again. We're going to move on and get ready for Detroit." Like he said, we're going to get ready for Detroit. We're going to flush that. You can, your honesty is that on the ride home or realizing that somebody just walked in there and just demolished you. And that game plan you just saw, did I didn't put you in the right spot. I didn't give you the right plays. I didn't give you the right position. Nothing I called worked. It seemed like they had all our answers for us. We played. I apologize. So let's just coaches get Coaches let them down. And coaches let them down. And that, I'll speak to his quote. It's not that bad. No, Matt Nagy, you're that bad. You have yeah. neutered Justin Fields. Hello. And have and have cut his legs out from under him. This, this is one of the most dynamic college football players in yes. recent memory. And you've got Allen Robinson, and you've got David Montgomery, and you you gained one net total yard. I know Cleveland's pretty good defensively, but they're doing like five to seven step drops with Justin Field. Put him in the gun and let him run around Mm -hmm. and make plays. So, yeah, I hope he gets fired. He deserves to get fired. He he kind of sounds like a coach that knows he's about to get fired. Yeah. Also, I was uh, listening to that. How do you just expect to – okay. Coaches always say it's on me, it's on me. Mm-hmm. Okay, they'll, they'll they'll never say they'll never say it, it's always all on our defense or whatever. I mean, majority <laughs> of the time, right? Okay, so <laughs> when you get behind closed doors, though, do they honestly stand up in front of every, everyone and still say that's on me, or does the conversation change? Some will, and then he he might add in. There's a couple of things we could have done better. Mm-hmm. Like if you like if I had like there's. There's a couple of things we could have done better um, on offense and defense. Uh, and then if he really wanted to start pointing out people, then he'd break down. He'll say, you know what, we're going to break down. Offense goes to offense, defense goes to defense. And then then you study the film and your coach is going to coach you up. And that means he he wants to point out that I really didn't do that bad of a job. Maybe y'all just got your butt will. 
Maybe if you had done this and done that, but it was so, it was so bad. Like it, like literally every JV's on point on everything. You just took your quarterback's leg away. The offensive scheme was not for you. And literally you gave your offense no chance to even help your defense potentially stop another really, really good offense. And so if he is honest, um, like I said, most coaches will come in and say, man, we can learn absolutely nothing from that. We need to get ready for Detroit. And and Detroit's honestly not a great team that you really need to kind of um, really prepare for at that level. They're not like you're playing the Rams where you can really wash it out. You can go like back. Like the Jaguars and, where the Cardinals right. could try out some stuff this weekend, this yes. past weekend, and get away with it. Very true. So The Bears don't have the luxury of that was doing bad. any of that, though. That was horrible. Eric Bieniemy's going to look really good in Chicago next next spring when he's their new head coach. That's mm. my prediction. That's okay. a good prediction. Okay. Okay. Justin Very Fields. Good. All right. Uh, Shane. Bill, what did you see on uh, Max uh, interceptions? Where are we? Um, yeah, well, probably the same thing you saw. <laughs> I hadn't heard that. <laughs> it's a typical, I mean, there's nothing special about it. It's a typical Bill Belichick fight, but like, I was as I was like scouring, I was like listening to everybody's post post game. <laughs> I was listening to it, and I felt so uncomfortable. And I think I think he said like, "What did you say?" But he obviously knew it was something mm-hmm. along those lines. But he obviously knew yeah. like what the question was. I mean, they have a freaking microphone. <laughs> you could probably get his bite every week and and have it be that good. Um, uh. They are in complete disarray i was wrong um i thought that they would be improved this year they they still could be i guess three weeks mm-hmm. into the season but they i mean he he is very little without his quarterback i mean once tom brady left he's got an under 500 record as a head coach yeah. without tom brady um i still think they'll be respectable maybe 500 they are starting a rookie quarterback who, who's limited from an athletic standpoint but man i just i know tampa lost this week they also go to New England this Sunday, and I'm he is so just—he is going to take the life out of that stadium. He's going to take Belichick's heart, and they're going to put up. He and Bruce Arians are going to put up forty plus points. I, I know it. So, um, yeah, he—it's just—I could see Bill like straight up retiring after this season. It's going that bad. It's N- tough. Really? Yeah. yeah I mean, like, tough. what? We just—he can't win without Tom. It's proven now. Well, I think. I mean. I think you have to get a great quarterback in there. I mean, right now they've got a rookie Mm -hmm. last year. You know, I don't know. I don't, I don't really, I still don't really understand the Cam Newton thing (laughs) and why they didn't keep him around for another year. Um, But I just don't think the quarterback situation has been a situation where you're like, you know, yeah, he's, you know, just a just a touch under Tom Brady, and they should still be having the same amount of success. I mean, you still have to that you have to have time, and you have to have the right guy. And I did. It's not going to happen overnight. I mean, it's not going to happen in you know one season in three games. I just feel like the the stuff that you can't measure with Tom, the intangibles, everything that he brought, like Monday through Friday for that franchise. Clearly, they did not value enough because, of course, we saw his play on Sunday. He's fantastic, yeah. right? He's going to play probably another two, three, three more champ, years. Tom Brady. That's right. But what he brought from a leadership standpoint, intangible standpoint, in that building every week for all of those young players uh, and veterans alike, Mac Jones doesn't bring that yet. And he may never bring that. And Cam Newton might be a broken player right now. But that's their arrogance for thinking that they can move on from Tom 
and kind of go to the scrapyard and pick up guys and think they're going to win games because of the Patriots. Well, they've been able to, outside of the quarterback position, they've always been able right, to do that. Right, and that's probably what led to it. My thoughts on that would be is, and this is, I'm, I'm the offense coordinator is Sean McDonald uh, for Patriots. No, Sean, it is. Um, was something Sean, right? No, and I only want to say that because let, let me just go back. Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels. McDaniels. I apologize. Thanks for that. Um, you have to evolve. Mm-hmm. Your system was absolutely um, archaic. Well, it, it it was it evolved with, as time evolved. Yeah, and it evolved when they need to be when they need to have two or three running backs. This is New England Patriots. If they want to go two tights, they can go two tights, mm-hmm. two tight ends, and two receivers and smash you. If they didn't want to go three receivers, they can do that. So they brought in fast, you know, fast little guys on the inside, and Amadola and Witt, and they can do those things, and they can make things happen from the inside. And Tom just evolved, and Tom Tom is a great quarterback. I mean, accuracy wise, intelligence wise, you can see that. Just back to Bill, I'm struggling watching a coach have to now eat crow, and that's tough to watch one of the greatest coaches who had one of the greatest players who can literally talk and have and and talk down to the media and not answer your quarter questions as the media because I'm winning. You don't get to do that as Bill Belichick now when you, that's when point. you clearly lost the divorce. And that's the point. And yeah. He, and, and that's that's what I struggle with listening to that right now. Yeah. As in no humility. You don't write. You don't have the arrogance to be able to just say you saw what I saw. Like you don't you you're intelligent enough you're a savant in in coaching or you have that that title next to you you have more rings and you know many head coaches and that to me is right now it's sad to watch that take place and transition wise to say and again if the media is right there I know the media right now is smiling <laughs> like shit you gonna answer this question <laughs> you gonna answer this one uh, what did you see uh, I saw what you saw but I'm not here I'm not the coach the guy could have fired back I'm not the coach I asked you now you answer me. And that could have been on the table because that's what losing does. And then now he that shows you up to that. practice on Monday or Tuesday and realizes that his uh, his yeah. credentials been ripped. I mean, oh yeah, well yeah, he, def- <laughs> he definitely is going. Yeah, the reporter's definitely going to lose his credentials if he get that slick. But it's sad right now, honestly. I mean, it's sad to watch that happen to a coach. And I agree with JV. He probably should. He probably should have just took once once you get rid of Tom, you probably should have made the decision and then gave gave the patience to Josh. Well, he, he tried. Well. I'll give him credit in this aspect, and Garoppolo is not Brady, but he tried to force Brady out, and he had the heir apparent, he thought, in Garoppolo. And Garoppolo's competent. He went to a Super Bowl, and he'd mm-hmm. probably be successful. Um, and who knows? Maybe that was a missed opportunity this offseason to go to San Francisco and say, you know, send us Jimmy back for a third or a fourth round pick. Um, but he made his bed now with Mac Jones, and he mm-hmm. hasn't had a rookie quarterback he's had to lean on in quite some time. So. Weren't you just ripping on Jimmy G? Well, but Jimmy G with Bill Belichick. I, I'm okay. not going to argue that Jimmy can't win games, but you know, I get messages, DMs from Niner fans talking about Jimmy G in the same realm as, as Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson. Oh, okay, it's just okay. that that makes me paranoid. So, yeah, I will say I I as much as you know you could certainly, and I'm not a New England fan by any stretch of the imagination, but I had the luxury of just being able to see the greatness Mm -hmm. that was Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. And just like, I mean, I just love to watch it. And by no means was I a fan at all. I was just a fan of, 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 of greatness and storylines and witnessing history. Mm -hmm. And so 
I, I will say that it's a little I would I do kind of wish he would have just ridden off into the sunset. <laughs> it would have been nice. Yeah. <laughs> It'd have been nice for him. Coaches got to evolve. And not every coach, every quarterback you get, and I think they might have done that a little bit with Cam. They became more of a running offense and maybe a more rollout or um play action offense with Cam Newton. And they probably got to that place had not if Cam had decided to take the vaccine. And then they had to move toward, you know, creating and building this team around him yeah. and giving Matt Jones time to kind of grow. That didn't work out that way. So now you got to kind of try to keep go back to a system that you hadn't created. Now you got to go back to something in a quarterback who's not a running quarterback, who's not a mobile quarterback. Right. So you got to go back to what you had with with uh, with Tom Brady. And he's just not at that level right now. And, and that is, again, that's tough to swallow as a mm-hmm. player, as a fan watching him be at this level. To now, and if you're not a Patriots fan and you hate the Patriots, then I know you're smiling and happy, and don't give a goddamn care that Bill Belichick has a suck crow <laughs> right now. You don't, or eat crow, you don't care. You suck it up, big dude. Just suck it up, and that's that's the value of it. So excuse my, you know. There you go, bro. bro. I feel sorry for the hoodie. Uh, all right, Shane. Next one. This might be the best thing that's come out of the NFL since the Hail Mary or the Hail Murray. I take responsibility for that. I'm going to learn from it, and I'm going to learn from it. We're going to be a better team from it. I believe that. Um, I truly believe that. You know, you take you a deuce. You don't, you don't sit there and look at it. You flush it and move on. We're going to flush it and move on. I know you like that one, Frank. <laughs> but you see what I'm talking about. They got beat so bad. I would say that, but they got beat so bad. Like Dallas absolutely destroyed them on all facets, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, no matter what. They just destroyed them. And literally, that is what you know you try to say. You there's no reason to watch that film unless you're trying to figure out what it is that they did that exposed us. And that's typically sometimes you gotta do. Winners. Winners get to the spoils of the victory. They get to enjoy all the victory and the confetti and go get Starbucks with a happy face. They can take their trash out to the driveway and be like, hey, how you doing, neighbor? Hey, neighbor, how you doing? Everything's be happy. Like, it's happy, happy joy when you win in the NFL. But when you lose, you don't want to drop your kids off in the lane. You just don't want to see none of the teachers. And you know, when your friends be like, hey, bro, what happened, bro? Like, man, we got, we got whipped. What'd y'all do different? What could you have done? Nothing. Absolutely nothing that day and sometimes the nfl presents those problems so he said it right you know sometimes when you take a douche you don't look at it you know you just a douche or a deuce a, a, a deuce not a douche i don't know well that those are two different i'm sorry one's uh, any audi i, I like jalen i like jalen hurts i like jalen hurts i was really impressed with him when he came to arizona last year and, and put on a show with philadelphia uh, I do think that they're feeling the effects of just not having a lot of top-tier talent. They lost a couple guys on both sides of the ball. So I think that that outcome is a little bit predictable. Uh, you just, predicted that, though? You really thought? I didn't hear on our bet you show, said, Johnny. You really thought that, on our bet that show, Dallas was going to smash them up. This. Yep, watch the tape Monday, uh, PHNX Daily Bets on our YouTube you said, page. You did say, quote, double-digit win. I said it's a double-digit win for Dallas wow. just because – they don't. Philadelphia doesn't have the horses, and I think Dallas is tremendous offensively, and they're getting better on defense. I don't think they're great, but the the NFC East is like they got the Heisman Trophy winner, they got the 
Number one, they got like two draft, two number one draft picks. But they're, ba- they're babies, them. though. They're Whoa. babies. They're, they're three, three, four games in the NFL season. That's true. Um, That's true. It could be a rough year, but they, I just saw, not to get off topic before we went on air, so they have Indianapolis's, uh, I think, their first round pick this year for Carson Wentz hmm. or their second. So they're going to retool in the draft. They traded up or traded back uh, this past year. So it's a rebuilding year for Philadelphia. I'm sure Jalen didn't want to hear that. And there are still rumors flying around that if Deshaun Watson does get dealt, that could be a destination. I would just roll huh. with Jalen. I would too. Interesting. All right. Talk I think we beast. have one more. Hey, first of all, give it up for yourself. Great play in in LA? Did they did they play in LA? Yeah. What the hell size of a locker room is that? <laughs> that looked like an amphitheater. <laughs> like the Cron- coaches there and no players around. I've never seen Cron- a locker. doesn't mess around, man. Yeah. He's got that. Bro, well, did y'all not like that's not like that's not normal. Like any locker room you've ever seen a coach say we a win, there's like a bunch of guys around him as a group of people. It's a new that's stadium a, in the what NFL. The hell, so, yeah, what? when was it built? 19 like that's i'm sorry i mean i it was he was normally the cameras like in the group like that wasn't even that seemed like they had a, like a like a a, a stadium a, yeah. a stage you to cut to like cincinnati's locker room it's yeah, looks like you know it's eight cram. by ten yeah this is crap that was a wow so that fly. just makes me so depressed fly. because you watch <laughs> you watch that like as wow. a casual fan. You're like, man, that guy's super impressive. I really like that guy, what he brings to the table. Youngest head coach in the NFL when he was hired ever. But then you have to sit with it's like the Russell Wilson effect. Like you can't hate Russell Wilson, but you have to as a Cardinal fan. Yeah. Like that's super impressive to to watch somebody operate like that and to get that out of his players. It like it may it makes me depressed. because uh, that's who the Cardinals have to go up against twice a year. One thing I like about I, I agree with you what you're saying for is in regards to coming in as a young coach, um, the beauty what he's been able to have is he's been able to garnish talent immediately that will fit his system, mm-hmm. and the system is complex. He's got a lot of guys with a lot of moving pieces that's taking place. He's 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 got a Chip Kelly mindset. He schemes and, and people wide open every week, right? Absolutely. He is scheming people at a high level. He's trying to match. He's trying to get matchups that will my guy's better than this guy. He might not be better than that guy because he's a, he's a top cornerback. But if I get him in motion, I can create mismatch all the way through the game. And he does that very well. Mm-hmm. Now he has a quarterback in Matthew Stafford who can make some throws. And Matthew looks absolutely – I didn't. I was definitely not a fan of him going there. I thought they gave up way too much for a guy who's been in the league making tons of money who hasn't shown himself to be special at all with talent. Mm-hmm. And so now he's in another place. And it looks like he's looking even that much better. And there's a crescendo in this offense that they're doing. So, I mean, look, you have to earn the respect of the players when you're that young. And players need to see that you got the best interest to put them in the best position to dominate any other player on the other side of the field. And I'm in agreement with you. This He looks 
you don't want to root for him because he's on the opposing he's an opposing city with an opposing team but what he's doing in, in LA right now is pretty special and he has to he has to take ownership of that because the next couple of years he he doesn't have any first round picks so now it's all about coaching and managing what you have in your stable yeah, well, that's why I threw it up there because I was wondering how it would make you guys feel. Knowing makes me Cardinals. sad. I don't want to see that. <laughs> I'm just surprised that the guy he gets to do it in the amphitheater. And what the hell? That's I've never seen a locker room that big. And after a big win, like there was no real rah rah rah. Yeah, bro, we all together. No naked. They went a lot, I guess. Running around <laughs> in the locker room, no towels being tossed, and you know, whipping it like a helicopter. None of that. It's just. They all in their Maybe own little. Maybe it was before they turned the cameras on and before he had his speech. No, when the coach speech is supposed to come up, but I guess it's so with that big. Helicopter towel. Yeah, with the, yeah, <laughs> swinging everything, just flipping it out, letting it hang out, and yeah, we just want to. They just beat the Bucks. They just yeah. beat the Super Bowl champs, and that's in an impressive way. They dominated that game for the most part. It wasn't I mean it was they dominated that game offensively and defensively in a lot of ways. So. Again, kudos to my man. Kudos to the Rams right now. And He's not your hopefully. man. Cliff well, is your man. Well, yeah, K yeah. Well, KK's my dude. I mean, I'm gonna get the tattoo right here on the bottom <laughs> Achilles ankle right there. I'm gonna get it right there. <laughs> All right. Before I move on to our last segment, just a reminder: if you want to get in on legal sports betting here in Arizona, download yes, the DraftKings Sportsbook app using the code PHNX. Uh, place just $1 bet on any football game this week. You're going to get $150 in free bets instantly. All right, so our last segment, a thing we like to do every Tuesday, our winners and losers from the week. You want me to go first? Yeah, go yeah. first. Okay, I'll go first. My winner is Teddy Bridgewater. So he has been off to a fantastic start with the Broncos, led them to a 3-0 start to the season. But then I also stumbled upon a post uh one of his teammates posted uh justin sims wrote um and it's a little lengthy but bear with me here after every game home or away a group of players from both teams come together to say a prayer at midfield it's my favorite thing about game day on sunday giving thanks and praise to god win or lose well after the game was over i was asked to do an interview talking about the big win once the interview was over i immediately looked behind me towards the 50 yard line nervous that i had missed the prayer and i did however Teddy was there waiting and told me, Jay, I got you, man. I know you didn't want to miss this and started praying. So I thought that was awesome. Um, I love to see, you know, just just players be open like that. And, you know, sometimes I feel like, you know, you're it, it takes some humility to get on your knees and pray. And he waited for his teammate who missed it and. You know, I, I, you know, I, I'm glad to see him having success um, after everything that uh, he's been through, and to to see his character like that. I mean, I think it's fantastic. So he's my winner. I agree, 100. percent You need there is uh, something pretty special. I came to the NFL in '95. I gave my life to Christ in 1995, and it was because of the locker room attitude that they had with the Cardinals when I got there. We had probably 14, 15 guys that was running around boastful about the Lord wow. and boast. I mean, bragging between Aeneas Williams, Eric Swan, Rob Moore, Anthony Edwards, Kevin Knox, and just go on. It was praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And that was a, a locker room atmosphere. I was like, nah, bro. Like you don't see that in there. You're thinking about finances, females, <laughs> and all the F's that ain't got nothing to do with faith. Faith is like <laughs> over there. 
in the back pocket, but it, it, it helps guys get through a lot of the challenges and the moments that they need to because it really challenges you. You're at the pinnacle of your opportunity for your career. Yeah. There's nothing next to that. There's no next level to play the sport that you've been doing since you were six. And you need all of the help you can get. And TB, to be able to do that, he's been through a lot of trauma and challenges in right. his life to get to that place. They doubted him everywhere he's been so far. He's been successful and humble at it. And so to catch a rookie that needs it or a young guy that needs that, you always need some part of that. So that's pretty cool. Good call. Do I get to pick a winner? Uh, my winner is the Arizona Cardinals. Did you come prepared, Johnny? I did. He's like, no, 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 no. I did oh, come prepared. Well, I, I was looking. I was looking up a date. So my winners are Cardinals in general. So the Arizona Cardinals are three and zero. The St. Louis Baseball Cardinals just won. I was just double checking to make sure that the score is finalized. They just won their seventeenth in a row. Wow. Uh, I know we're not a, we're a football show here, mm-hmm. but we're going to acknowledge greatness when we see it. So the, the two Cardinal teams are combined 20 and 0 in their last 20 games. Uh, baseball Cardinals, I think, like cemented their number two wild card status tonight. Uh, Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt used to be a you know mm-hmm. a Valley staple here. Uh, that's that's incredible. It makes me think of that Oakland A streak. You know, once upon a time, Moneyball, I, I, they could approach that. I, I think that was like 21 in a row. Um, so yeah, it's been, I was going to try to look up the date and I didn't have time. Uh, when was the last time a Cardinal team lost a game between those two teams? You would have to go back probably, I swear that's what I was doing. Probably early <laughs> September. I, I don't even, I can't even recall. So we're just winning over here. 20 and 0, 20 and 0 for, uh, the two Cardinal franchises. Selfishly, I want baseball season to be over because every time I Google Cardinals, the dang, St. Louis Cardinals, Cardinals come, come up. up. I'm like, no, not that Cardinal. Yeah. <laughs> well, they are Kendrick spirits in a way. And I'll, I'll tell you where I'm going with this. So growing up in central Illinois, those were our two teams, my father's two teams, because the football Cardinals used to play in St. Louis. They mm-hmm. used to share the same stadium. Uh, their, their owners are, are friendly with each other, but the football Cardinals wanted their own stadium. St. Louis wouldn't give it to them, so they bolted and went to Arizona. Um, so there are a lot of... St. Louis and St. Louis and whatever that. No uh, idea. No works. idea. We're trying, folks. Um, that root for this franchise and probably come out here and retire and root for this franchise. So, um, they're not, they're connected in in a couple different quirky ways, which I like. I think uh, that is a, the history on that is pretty impressive. And yeah. watch how it used to be and now where it is right now. Um, something I had to learn when I first got here. So yeah. You like see that. me, I was I had Google was up going over away. here, you, so you I could see where you were going with that. I thought you were like, oh, I get to pick. <laughs> I didn't get the, ass- uh, I didn't get the, the assignment. Uh-oh, let me pull my laptop. <laughs> too funny, too funny. Also, just a little tight, little fallback on that is that Paul Goldschmidt, like the loser in this moment is the Arizona Diamondbacks. Like, we let go of stud. What are they doing? I, look, I'm gonna Get just, Derek in here. We're going to grill his I'm going to let that go, but I, I know we're still on winners. We're still on winners, so I'm going to let that go, but... My winner of the, the this week is the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys and Jimmy Johnson and and just having all having having a Jimmy you know, Johnson's yeah. winner. Well, yeah, because think about it. He got back. He got into the ring of. He got oh, that's true. Oh, okay. Jimmy Johnson got back. Well, yeah, he got. Look, did they make a coaching change? I mean, no, they didn't. Roger but Stubble. you remember, you saw it this weekend. Everything was about the history of the the, the Cowboys, guys going into the Ring of Honor, Seriously. and uh, <laughs> they did some things that were, you know, too. Their just, offense is elite. They have an elite offense. They look. Ceedee Lamb is fantastic. 
a lot of people think he should have ended up as an Arizona Cardinal because he's best friends with Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. So we all we all knew he'd be pretty good. So it's good to see him have success with That's Dallas. That's true. Very true. Dallas is my team right now. Well, Jimmy Johnson, again, you know, that was a big argument. Harrison, who is your leader loser? Who's your loser? Let's go ahead. Let's move on. I don't have to explain <laughs> that no more. They got the dub. Oh, uh, all right. My loser is the J E T S Jets. They are losers, though. Oh, my God. They are losers. Uh, winless. They only won two games last year, unfortunately. Um,. The two games they won. Uh, but they getting beat up, though. They beat the Rams last year. That's nuts. Yeah. They beat the Rams well, in? In the at Jets. Yeah, at the well, Jets, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. But Zach Wilson, their quarterback, has thrown six interceptions in the last two weeks, and they've only scored, I think, six points in that span. So that's really bad. I know what bad looks like, and they look – there's a bad in the NFL where you're just getting beat up bad. That is, you're just collecting a check. That I'm saying, but that's that's one of the moments where you feel as a person and as a player that it's the, the it's really hit the fan mm-hmm. because you're physically losing, and you're physically you're mentally being outcoached. That's and you bad. know you have no chance. And you have every no week. chance, and that's that's tough to suck up because. Zach Wilson as your quarterback. You just brought him in. He's a first-round draft pick. You brought him in. You just replaced him. You bring him in, and next thing you think, okay, he could probably be a spark. And offensively, defensively, and you're still getting smacked up like that. I mean, I'm saying you shouldn't and, be leaning on a rookie quarterback to be your spark, though. And I mean, that's the part. Be, yeah, that's but that that comes with the territory of drafting some drafting a guy thinking he can bring something to the table. Mm-hmm. As a coach, you have to be able to kind of mold your guys and mentor your guys into this place of that we're growing. Jacksonville doesn't look that bad. And right. they got another they got a quarterback who's you know first round draft pick all the way Heisman trophy all the stats to go with him. But <clears throat> just to look at what it looks like physically to get beat up. Jacksonville is in the game. They they literally they come to play. They just don't know how to finish right now as a young mm-hmm. team. The Jets No, they're not embarrassing. They're not embarrassing, right? They're just they're not embarrassing. But the Jets are embarrassing yeah. and that is what is the conversation you have what you saw in one week in Chicago how they look you look like you got embarrassed and that is something that is hard to swallow across the entire organization of a team I just don't understand how organizations can be it kind of reminds me of the, how the Browns were for so many years mm-hmm. it was just nothing but dysfunction and it was mind-boggling it didn't matter what quarterback you drafted or what front office change you made or head coaching change you made it was just so miserably bad and it's i the culture thing yeah yeah right but you you can put band-aids on positions and you can let go talent trying to make it look good in the draft like you keep drafting guys for the quarterback 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 speaking of the browns right and then yet that's not the answer to the problem that's not the answer you get and you're trading off players for numbers and what looks good in the media and you're covering it and again the browns are a family-owned team the cardinals were a family-owned team they had no support no backing they wasn't they were they were not going outside looking for extra money so that in itself shows you that when you have now they got new stadiums now they got new they got new stuff they're now the bell of the ball. They got they got interest money coming in. And so that in itself opens up your wallet where you can go get players and keep players. But that's the transition of what you see now between the Browns. They got a new stadium. They can go get the players. They can go buy teams. They can bring guys in 
and feel like they can create a, a cultural atmosphere of winning with the right couple of pieces. And it took them a little while to figure that formula out, but they have it. And the Cardinals are the same way now too. But the Jets, they are, I mean, they're, they just, they need to figure that, they need to hop into that bus of figuring out how to create an atmosphere of winning. Because right now, they, they ain't it. Maybe, maybe be enemy is the answer. They ain't it. Uh, I'll parlay off of that, Cheerson, and say all <laughs> my lose my losers are all the rookie quarterbacks that everybody thought were going to be set the world on fire. Which is the best rookie quarterback class supposedly of the last ten years, and they're all having a, a really tough time right now. And I think that it speaks to the greatness what we saw from Kyler Murray. You and I talked about it on on Monday's podcast. What Kyler Murray was able to do as a rookie with a team that was deprived of talent. And you look at Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson having a really difficult time, winless to start the year. Justin Fields just had a miserable performance, and I less on him and more on what he has around him and his support system. And then Mac Jones having to follow Tom Brady in, in in a way, and he not performing well. And then Trey Lance. Trey Lance can't beat out Jimmy Garoppolo. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to see Trey Lance, yep. and they put him in, and he runs the ball. Well, let's see him throw the football. It's because he can't beat him out yet. Every Kyle Shanahan wanted Trey Lance to beat out Jimmy G. You don't give up three ones and say, well, yeah, I'm going to play Jimmy Garoppolo again, who you know, I may or may not despise because he gets hurt every year. He's inconsistent. He turns the ball over. <laughs> I, 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 They wanted him. They like Niner fans don't want to believe this. Trey Lance is not ready to play yet, which means that he's not a generational prospect like a Kyler Murray or a Cam Newton or Deshaun Watson or Patrick Holmes. He's not in that mold. If he was, he'd be playing right away. So I would say all these rookie QBs, they, they're underwhelming. It just shows you that the draft, I love it. We study it every year. It's not a science. Joe Burrow, nobody knew who he was really before that season with LSU. It was the first overall pick. Justin Herbert got destroyed by NFL analysts and, and draft mm-hmm. critics. The, Miami took Tua over him, and, and he looks like, goodness, the second coming of, I don't even know, Joe Montana. He's fantastic. Big Ben. Uh, and then Kyler Murray didn't really emerge onto the scene. Everybody thought he was going to play baseball. And then, you know, he set the world on fire at Oklahoma and he was rookie of the year. So we we like to try to analyze and pinpoint things. I think Trevor Lawrence is still going to be great. He made a couple throws Sunday against the Cardinals were fantastic. But mm-hmm. like Zach Wilson played B- at BYU and last year he played a bunch of like C and D universities because it was a pandemic and they couldn't play anybody else. And that's who the Jets opted to go with. Trey Lance had played one game in 18 months. You know, Mac Jones played at Alabama where they have everybody's a five-star recruit. So I just, everybody needs to pump the brakes with these rookies and let it happen organically. I like that, Jay. I no, mean, appreciate I, I, it. that was, <laughs> I argue these points all the time. And everything he said is absolutely on point when it comes to how we boost these guys up to come in and take over your franchise. But you. It's not as easy as it looks. It's not as, definitely not as easy as it looks. And they, they just suck it up. Uh, my loser happens to be another quarterback, and I'm going with Big Ben. I think his time is ticking. He came off injuries last year. I think it's ticked. I, I mean, it's it's probably it's probably the strike. Yeah, it's the, coming. The hands aren't moving. Anymore. They're not. Hey, look, even it's, a broken clock is right twice a day, and Ben's in that position right now where he is not looking good. They're they're still. This is the problem. You're paying him so much money, you can't change the offense to fit the budget of just letting him turn around and hand the ball off. And then letting him get back to 35 throws or 25 throws and controlling the game. Mm-hmm. No, his arm is, he's taking a beating where these guys now, we are literally, the NFL is set where the defensive ends and the defensive linemen are just 
skilled dudes that are big dudes that just running through running through lanes. And these quarterbacks right now, um, if you don't have Kyler Murray's legs or quickness, you're going to struggle. If you don't have the Russell Wilson's ability to elude and evade tackles, you're, you're just sitting back there as a duck. Go back and watch the Bucks games versus the, the Rams. And it looked like Tom was absolutely scared of that front four because they were bringing guys from everywhere. And he does, does not want to get hit, doesn't want to be touched. But it does, you see that trepidation that's there. Big Ben, to me, is, I'm scared. I'm nervous for him because he doesn't look – he doesn't look the same. He looks two years older in the NFL yeah. than a guy that's and that to me. It looks like he's struggling as a quarterback, and it's and it. it I don't see him finishing the season. Real quick, you bring up Ben. It's kind of poetic in a way. Larry Fitzgerald, that same draft class, right? Mm-hmm. Retired, we think. Yep. Uh, Philip Rivers, he's done. Eli Manning's doing a simulcast on Monday Night Football. Like Ben, it's over. It, it, it's time to hang it up. And shame on the Steelers for not having a contingency plan. They think they're the Steelers. We can win with running the ball and defense. They took Najee Harris in the first round. It's a quarterback league. And and they haven't invested in the position, and it's going to bite them this year. Everybody looks good when you throw the ball in practice because it's all skilled and it's all schemed out. But when you got to get into a game and make 45, 45 good, 35 to 40 good throws out of 45 and 54 times, that's not easy. And that's you're exposing yourself more to getting hit. Defense to bringing that much more pressure. So we, I, I'm going to go back again. The offensive coordinators and the money you pay these quarterbacks, you're just afraid to change the, the scheme because no one wants to see a 12 to 14 game. You're panicked if you saw a 12 to 14 game. You wouldn't know what to do with that, JV. You really wouldn't know how to really be like, go to DraftKingsports.com, <laughs> put a code. Do I just this think here. it's as simple it's as just, he's, just, he's done. Is there, is it's there harder maybe, to do it. It's is hard. there maybe a little bit of the Steelers organization not – okay, I actually don't know the, the answer to this question. I was never a fan of him, but I don't know if he is beloved. I mean, he's been the face of the franchise for so many years. So maybe they, you know, they are, they allowed him to be their guy for, you know, too long. Mm -hmm. And it was because they just maybe weren't willing to part ways with their face yet. And they wanted it to. I think that's exactly right. Everyone's everyone's beholden to a winner and winning. And they looked um, they looked amazing last year at the beginning parts of the season. Am I wrong? And then he broke down. And then he broke down. And then were, and the receivers were dropping balls. And then they, they just, they've got a little bit of a, of a New England of mantra going on yeah. where it's like our brand is above this. We don't need to do this. They're in a division with Lamar Jackson. Yep. You know Joe Burrow, Baker Mayfield's right now. He's better than Big Ben. It looks absolutely fabulous. The Steelers of the old Steelers, like you can't win like that you have to have an athlete, a quarterback and yeah, they just, and they're, they're in a, a very difficult position along with like an Indianapolis where you're in quarterback purgatory because you aren't going to be able to go from 15, 16, 17 to get up to the top three to get a guy. So you better hope you land somebody late. Otherwise it could be a lot of seven and 10 seasons for them. It's going to get ugly for them. And a lot of teams, they just want to adjust. There is a timeline between and Rogers, Drew Brees, um, there was a, a small window of time between Matt Ryan um, and Tom Brady. You had guys that were just true pocket quarterbacks, that, quarterbacks that sat in the pocket. And then you can figure out if I get them, if I get them athletes, they're just they're going to make great throws. And then they built systems around that. 
And then it evolved to the RPO to run pass option offense where you start bringing in a Michael Vick or a Cam Newton, guys that have some athletic ability, and it changed the narrative. Cam's greatest season, he had two running backs that rushed for almost 1,000 yards together. When he went MVP, they went to the, they went to the pro. They oh, went yeah, to the Super I remember Bowl. how that season ended for the Cardinals, and, and, yeah. Ta-da. I mean, it's just – and it's a consistency of that. When Colin Kaepernick was sitting over and he was sitting in San Fran, he handed the ball to Frank Gore. And he, and he was able to throw maybe 20, 25 passes. And that he, that he evolved and became a good quarterback. He got his team to the playoffs. And all these things are on the table. But then when you pay these guys the money, you will not see Zeke Elliott be how he was the first couple of years. Why? Because now your boy has the money. And now we're sitting. he's sitting in the shotgun 90% of the time. When Zeke was the beast, he had a fullback, which is now an archaic position in the NFL. And so you're going to see these teams struggle once these quarterbacks get older because – they 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 just won't change the offensive system to help these guys evolve because not every quarterback is a forty five attempt a game and be a sharp forty five attempt a game. Tom Brady's sharp all the way through. You see him from first quarter to the fourth quarter, and a couple of times maybe during the season you might see him have a blip, but he's sharp all the way through. And these young guys right now. They have to learn how to do that while ducking live bullets. And not every quarterback takes care of their body like Tom Brady. That's to true. Where they really don't have a shelf life. That new money started. You started <laughs> seeing those Fs start showing TV up. TV 12, yep. <laughs> when those Fs start showing up, they start getting those Ls. Yeah, Ben didn't especially take care of his body. <laughs> no. No, he did not take care of his body. Ben was like, let's eat, drink beer and eat wings. Mm. There we go. All right, guys. It was fun. Good to have you back, Frank. We'll do it again tomorrow. If you are not subscribed to wherever get your podcasts, uh, PHNX Cardinals podcast, or our YouTube channel, or following us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at PHNX underscore sports, go do it so you don't miss anything we do. And we'll see you tomorrow.